What's up, everyone? Welcome to another Serious Angler podcast. It is Friday morning, and we are Bailey-less, but we are hanging out with the cast crew, and we're going to be talking about their experience in New York and fishing the Outer Realm. How outer is that? Realm. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So now that you boys are back down south and Joe is in PA, how are you all feeling about your experience up here in the northern lands? Oh, it was unbelievable. It was an awesome time, uh, especially seeing both of you guys, man. First off, I want to thank both of you for your hospitality and just getting us out on these amazing bodies of water. I, I truly enjoyed it. And Joe, I can't thank you enough, brother. I'm probably going to thank you 50 more times. I mean, that was an experience of a lifetime for me. And all the driving, everything you did to arrange that, dude, that's that's a big deal to me. I don't take that lightly, and I really appreciate that. But no, it was a hell of a trip. Hell of a trip, guys. So we could call Joe LaBarbera like Joe LaBarbera's chauffeur service. He yeah, just he drives you around. Uber, fishing to- guide. Uh, great, great. Like if you're not on a diet, he'll take you to the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is Joe LaBarbera, jack of all trades, chauffeur, fast food junkie, and Hell guaranteed yeah. to blow your diet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Got the bathroom. It. Yeah. Fair enough. But the good the good news is, like, if you come and stay at like Casa de la Tackle Heaven, there are three poopers, as uh, the boys found out when when they hung at the hung at the crib. So uh, you know, we we were all able to get away from each other in the morning. And he's got Charmin. He's got he's, he's got the Charmin three ply. Oh man, there. it's super ultra soft, man. Like he he'll take care of his guests. <laughs> I don't know if he just did that for us because TP's expensive, you know. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll say he did it Sam's just for club. you guys. <laughs> Sam's club, dude. Come on. <laughs> Love it. So, but uh, anyways, welcome to the show, guys. I know, uh, Ryan, it. you have been on the business from the Bass Boat segment talking about the cast side. But mm-hmm. Clint, this is your first time and everybody knows Joe at this point. Like he's been on <laughs> a few times here. So it's it's great to have you guys here. But before we get too far in, in talking about your northern outer realm experience, Brian, first off, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us who you are down there? Okay, my name is Ryan Hanks. I'm co-owner of Cast Fishing. Uh, I own Cast with my business partners in Australia, Mick Guthrie and uh, Ben Jones. And just to tell you really quick about our company, I learned about these guys a few years back and saw what they were doing saltwater fishing. And we've worked together to basically blur the lines and bring those techniques and that style of fishing to freshwater. And it's been very exciting. It's something really refreshing. And we're really stoked about what we're creating over here. Yeah, that is awesome. And now, Clint, how about you? Uh, so I'm a videographer. I started I started my own business just a few months ago, but I've been in the yeah. industry for about five years. Uh, with a little help from Ryan Hanks to get that motivation to actually start the official Bartlett Outdoors LLC. So that's been an awesome journey. Uh, it's not not easy, but uh, I studied in college entre- entrepreneurship and marketing, and I actually used my degree. So here I am. <laughs> um, but I'm Cheers. doing what I every you. single day, and uh, that's the biggest thing. Is if you're not living life to the fullest and doing what you love, then you're not making yeah. it. it doesn't, it's yeah. not about the income at the end of the day. It's about the experience. And so that's, well, that's why I'm here. 
we only get one life, so we might as well take advantage of it and use it to its max potential. That, exactly. and, and I feel you on that, like starting the business side, like even for you, Ryan, it's, and Joe, you oh, just yeah. recently left your job, right? And you're full-time yeah, fisherman. So yeah. like, um, it's one of the most difficult decision, decisions you can make in your life and also one of the most rewarding. And you're only as successful as you put into it. So hundred percent, hundred percent to all three of you, to the four of us, even I'll include myself here. I wish all of all of us never ending success, hard work and perseverance through the rough times because we will have them. But if we all stick together and work through it, I'm sure we'll get to where ultimately we want to be. So and, and like I and I like I can just say like because I've I've now. I've spent so much time with the three of you that like there will be like whatever our goals are, I'm sure we will all meet them. Like I've met Andy in the dark many times to go fishing together. Like he has taken me all over Buffalo uh, steelhead fishing. We've fished in single digit weather many, many times together, standing and waders um clint i just dragged him all over the northeast for a couple of days like i grab him off the plane and like no lie boat in tow like put him on the water within 25 minutes and we're instantly like getting footage like immediately because his flights were delayed we like hammered it out in like two hours before the sun went down and then uh within like four hours from then we were on our way for on a three and a half hour trip to Buffalo and the dude, and we got there and like, there was no hotels with vacancy. So we stayed up in the parking lot. We're both like dumping footage. Like we're posting on social medias. Like we're just laughing the whole time. And then we put on the water filmed for a full day. Um, and the bugs were terrible. Like, it was <laughs> awful. I forgot and to like, warn you about the bugs. I yeah. think I said, like, yeah. first thing in the morning, like, I was like, watch out for the sand flies. All I needed to know is to wear pants. I would have been fine if it just wore pants. You didn't ask. <laughs> and poor Joe's legs were so sunburnt that the bugs were just biting him on his, like, oh crispy sunburn. Like, I've been sunburnt <laughs> plenty of times. But he was crispy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, me and John, because I had John King up, the guy who owns Drunkwood, like the, yeah. um, the wood crafting business. And I'm pretty sure we both gave Joe like the oh yeah uh, Kool-Aid man chant quite a few times <laughs> when we were near each other. <laughs> oh yeah. But, oh, yeah. But now after spending like 11 days with Clint and seven days with Ryan, like, you know, I know I've, all you guys will. Uh, you, we're all going to meet our goals. It, it takes it takes a special person to be able to like do what we do, and and 100%. like it's not a. You cannot live nine to five. You have to have a support system around you that's accepting of you being in the Northeast, thousands of miles away from home for eleven days, or you know, thousands of miles away from home for seven, or you know, not going to bed ever and being on our phones 24 seven. And, and we all do that. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I just wanted to add to what Andy said. hundred percent. 
Yeah, I think I think a lot of times uh, for anybody that's an entrepreneur or starting their own business, I mean, hell, when things are going good, it's easy to be happy about what you're doing. It's those days where just stuff is really tough. You know what I'm saying? You're worn out from a trip. You've got a ton on your plate. You've got real life stuff to deal with, too. And, you know, it's it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. If you can just push up through those days, you'll make it. But it's, it's to constantly be grinding, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, just be absolutely relentless about what you're doing and always stay on it and keep it your keep your focus doing that. I think a lot of times our minds are like kind of like our own monsters. We come up with a million reasons as human beings why we can't do things. We talk ourselves out of it. We worry about what other people think, you know, in our life, what they'll think about what you're doing. And you can you put so many stops there before you're even getting your goal. And once you start to learn to remove those stops and just see it for what it is, you, you can see light at the end of the tunnel. And I mean, I, and anybody listening to this, I encourage if you guys got some dreams or some goals, um, like, you know, like Andy said, you only live once and, and may, and you should have every action you're doing aligned with achieving that goal. You know, don't get off work of a job you don't like and get home and just watch Netflix and be lazy and, and eat crap. When you get off work, bust your butt, and use every free second you have to put your life going in the direction where you want to be a part of that. The co-founder of Cast, that's what he did. Mick uh, was a civil engineer, ran a crew all day long. And then when he got home at 5 p.m., you know, he was building Cast. And, and that's I look up to that guy a lot. You know, he's kind of laid the blueprint uh, for me about that. But just just want to pass that along to anybody listening, because you can do anything you want. Uh, human beings are we're special and we're more powerful than we think. And it's just uh, it's just getting your mind right to do it, you know. Gotta embrace the suck. Yeah. Embrace the suck. Stay humble and treat treat everyone like they are your family member and life will treat you well. That's right. That's right. That's the way I look at it. And I like just digressing here real fast, kind of staying on this topic. One of my favorite things to do if I'm running into like a coffee shop or like a local Panera just to grab a sandwich real quick, the cashier will always be like miserable and I'll be like, what do you like about your job or do you like your job? And they'll be like, no, but like the, the one thing I always ask them is like, what do you like to do? Yeah. Yeah. And they'll, and they'll always tell me, I'm like, so have you ever thought about like starting your own business? And they were like, no, because I don't know the, like the time or have the effort. I go, it takes 30 minutes a day to read how to start a business for a month. Mm-hmm. And then it takes That's pen right. to paper and one foot out the door, one foot in the door, whatever way you want to go. And then just, work at it and do it you get one life madam or ma'am or sir like you get one life live it like don't don't be sucked into a corporate atmosphere and be stuck right right so but let's digress here because uh enough small business talk this is a serious angler podcast (laughs) we're here to talk smallmouth fishing up here in the outer realm and the great lakes and um Clint, your first day, Oneida dragged all the way to Buffalo, back to the St. Lawrence, right? Watching yep. Joe in Joe's house being mad, and then Ryan shows up. What was your first <laughs> experience, Ryan, when you got to meet him? Was Clint, like, texting you on the side being like, dude, Joe's a madman? Like, No, he was. I already knew Joe was a madman, so there wasn't anything you were going to tell me that I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, not at all, man. Not yeah. at all. It was, uh, I mean, from the moment I, I, what, what did y'all do? You played a trick on me, right? When I got off the plane, you were trying to, <laughs> right. we tried to act like Oliver had COVID. So we both wore our masks and we picked him up at yeah. the airport and he was yeah, like, just, you know, <laughs> after my flight was delayed. So I expect nothing less. 
Yeah, delayed yeah. flights all around, by the way. So be careful if you're flying out there, ladies and gentlemen. I slept yeah. on the floor of the airport Saturday night. Yeah, I got oh, delayed man. on my way back too. It was uh, it was yeah. brutal. But no, man, um, I kind of knew what I was in store for meeting these guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad that the trip was a success. So, Ryan, now you're up here. You're used to fishing for spotted bass on Lake Lanier. Mm-hmm. You get on the St. Lawrence River and you're firing out, I'm assuming it's either a prodigy or an apex, and you lay into that first four-pounder. What went through your head? Oh, man, I was stoked. Uh, there's, there is some similarities to back home. I mean, we fish clear water. You know, we use a lot of finesse techniques, little swim baits and stuff like that. But to be up there, you know, my only experience with smallmouth, I've caught a few in North Carolina and then a few in Tennessee. To be like in the Mecca, as I was calling it, and catching those fish, it was just really special. Outer um, realm. Yeah, well, that was another thing that stuck with me, too, is just the, the water clarity and, and the color up there. Uh, so it looks almost tropical, you know what I'm saying? And I was telling Joe, like, I feel like I should be saltwater fishing. I feel like I should be throwing stick baits for GTs instead of uh, catching smallmouth. And then when we finally made it out to the outer realm, I mean, that that blew my mind. I didn't even have to catch a fish out there. And I did. I caught fish. But just seeing that and that long run, I mean, like I said, I felt like I was back here in Tampa running offshore to go fishing. Uh, and then we got out to this island and that's when all mayhem <laughs> broke loose, you know, and those, those smallmouth up there, man, they're like this walnut, dark chocolatey color. They're, they're awesome. I hadn't seen any like that. They're certainly not like that down here in the South, you know? And they're wide. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're thick. They're tall. They're very thick. Like, I, I mean, I feel like they're, they're as football as a football small I can get. Like, yeah, they're like a rugby ball. Even. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it was a, it was an amazing experience. I mean, you know, why I was there is we went to film for our swim bait, the prodigy in the apex and the footage we got on this trip. I mean, Clint, dude, you knocked it out of the park. I mean, you two boys came through so big for me, Joe, setting it all up, taking us to the place. Uh, and Clint, the filming, I've been looking over footage today and it's just, uh, I can't wait for everybody to see it. It's, it's really special. And, and also, you know, for our products too, like just simple things like underwater shots, man, how good they look in that clear water with the sun on them, uh, in slow motion. We were talking about that earlier, Clint. I mean, it's just, it's stupid. So the whole experience was amazing. I mean, it was really cool. Ryan's getting like so mad at night because Ryan like had like a man's thought list and like, like, guys we gotta get like this thing done and we were like not oh yet. yeah not yet <laughs> like oh like, dude me. yeah it's, Trust me. it's a it's a ton there's a ton on my shoulders that i don't always talk about you know <laughs> and just trying to trying to we get it like all don't done worry with, dude with we got it under control <laughs> like, yeah no jo- so it- like the one thing i was stressing was just getting the talking points like uh, we're get, we're about to ship our prodigies to tackle warehouse and, and we need some, vi- you know, product video describing it. And Joe waited the last day and just absolutely knocked it out of the park. I mean, I was like, dude, you need to do that for a full time job. He crushed it. Uh, they just wanted to watch me squirm and stress for a few days, you know, <laughs> not nah, like it's so, it's so impromptu okay. nap as well. I, right. I, I think there was, oh, a yeah, I was done, man. <laughs> I was so done. This is, I was exhausted, this is how the man. trip, this is how the trip went down though. Like, so we roll up on day one and it's like hyper gassing, right? So we can't go Hang like out on. what gassing is. Oh my is... gosh, I can't believe I have to tell this, this oh, to people. I, I, I know what gassing is. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know, but so it, like it, it us northerners, Andy knows like us northerners when when the when it's blowing and it's like prevailing winds Shoot. blowing. <laughs> yeah. Like like when you're like like this and your hat flies off that's yeah. when it's gassing right yeah. that's it is 
gassing out. So we get <laughs> we you. get we we like we go to the ta- to tackle shop Lakeside Outfitters on a night of the day before, and we like hang out. We spool up Cast Line, which is amazing braid, like it's a twelve carrier braid. But we get like a bunch of shots in the shop, and we're hanging out. And we're you know just talking with Scott, the owner, and all the staff. Like Sean's there, Josh is there, like everybody we know is hang- Dante's hanging out. Like we're just we're chilling with the guys, and so we we go back to my house. We like load everything up. We like finish prepping and we head up to the the river in the morning. So we get to thousand islands. We're staying like at one of the bays on Lake Ontario and we roll up and it's gassing out. So, and it's post frontal and it's like bright sun. Like you can tell the pressure's all, all off. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be interesting. But like, (laughs) I, I had an idea in my head of like, where to go in like a in that in that like post frontal situation so we like go to shimo bay where i feel like there should be some post spawn fish or at least like pre and post spawn fish like crossing paths and i'm like all right guys like we're gonna go to this spot first i know where we're gonna go second i know where we're gonna go third and and we should land on them on one of them and we get to the first one nothing so i like swing the boat around and we like go back through it and ryan's like dying to throw top water right he's like i gotta throw top <laughs> yeah water. i was jumping the gun <laughs> so like he's like chomping at the bed he's got this like twitch going so like, like roll onto twitch. this rock pile and yeah the og twitch right so i roll <laughs> onto this rock pile and i'm like i think i can see like a bed way up there in like five feet so i like didn't expect it to be a big fish because it was kind of a shallow bed and he just like pops it like four times and just like whoosh, one like rolls on it, but don't, but doesn't get it. It was not a small so, fish. <laughs> no, it was not a small fish. So like he's now he's like, he, like we've gone like 15 minutes at our first spot without a bite. And he's like, now he's hooked. Right. I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever get him off of this bait for the rest of the day now. <laughs> and so we, we fish a little bit more, like maybe five more minutes. Don't get anything. And I'm like dying to go to the second spot. Right. So I get him there and like, we like see, we like go and we fish this like shallow spot now because Ryan can't put the top water down. So I have to like start on the inside where he can fish the top water and he's like twitching through nothing, nothing, nothing. And I'm like, all right guys, like I'm going to pull us off, pick those swim baits back up. And we just start like slow rolling three inch finesse prodigies. Like, you know, through it like, through this grass and we're fishing like we're moving out from five to 10 and from 10 to 15. And all of a sudden, like there's some rowboats around and we see them hook up like drop shotting and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, it's going to go down. And then all of a sudden, like I feel one bite, but I know it's kind of post frontal and I don't swing on him. I just like, kind of like keep like reeling 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 like real finesse and then all of a sudden i feel him like turn his head and i'm just locked into him and it was like game on from there we yeah. just like it we really just was. went ham Life on switch flipped happy days yeah. like we just went ham on him for like three hours in a row and we like went and we fished some other places and we caught like a couple and then we just were like go back and like go to town a little bit more on that spot we go back and and it was just like it never stopped it was like another hour and a half we just like straight leaned on them and it it was cool it was like that finicky bite 
And like, usually I have to use like multiple different kinds of swim baits. One for like those post frontal finicky fish, one for like really, really aggressive fish. And like what I've experienced this year fishing the prodigy a lot was like that thing will flicker and list and roll under slow speeds and you can burn it when those fish are aggressive too. Like instead of fishing it on a three sixteenths, you can throw it on a half ounce and put it on a bait caster and fire it out there and fish it in 20 feet deep, like super quick. And that bait's doing the same thing and it's super enticing. And like, it's just, it's an amazing bait. No, that was a lot of conditions. Fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we lucked out to this trip because we added two new colors, our herring and then uh, Gypsy. And so the first time I ever got to fishing was up there, and I can't think of a better place. You know what I'm saying? Best break-in period place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let's take two colors that we think will work and make them work. And yeah, and we did that very shine. well. We, yeah, we did that very well. <laughs> yeah. So it's it. That's a uh, true uh, product development right there, R&D. No, dude, that, that's what, like, June on the Great Lakes is all about, though. Like, because you have fish in so many stages. You can find so many environments. Like, like go us. I love living here, even though the winter sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. That is yeah one you, thing always, I, you always can have the winter. You can have the right. winter up there. That yeah. is one thing I want to point out is the fact that I've been on plenty of shoots. I've uh done all kinds of things from like meat eater to working for black rifle all kinds of different fishing shoots across the country and typically when you meet up with somebody that's supposed to take you fishing or take take somebody else fishing like joe taking ryan fishing and then you're the camera guy you're on the back of the boat and you show up and they're going to take you to this one lake and you're going to fish and then you're going to fish that lake for a couple days and then you go home but joe literally chased the bite all over the whole state of new york and was willing to just go wherever the bite was. Like he was like, all right, well, if like we had a good day here, let's go get, go fish for, or we're fishing for pre-spawn fish here. Let's go fish for post-spawn fish. And then we're like covering the whole spectrum. Like Joe went above and beyond on yeah, making sure exactly. we covered all of our bases. Not only did we get our entire shot list, we got giant fish and then like on our, on both of our new colors, a ton and then, like, co content, amazing underwater footage. We got talking points he knocked out super clean. Just another shout-out to Joe for making this trip, like, not only go, like, as we expected, but it went well beyond what we could ever imagine. Yeah. I think yeah. I need to ask Bailey to put, like, a round of applause button in here. So yeah, whenever right. something good happens, you see yeah. So I don't have to sit yeah. here and do I think, it. I think there is and also, like, I don't want to leave Andy out of this either, like, Andy did awesome on putting us on the eerie fish. Like, yeah, that was a cool experience too. That, that was, was insane. That was, that was like a whole new experience and being able to have all of those bases covered while we were there. And with that, with the help of both of you guys, like just hats off to both of you guys for being experienced in your fishery and know how to take these Southern boys like me and Ryan out Definitely. and be able to catch these awesome fish. So, no, it was cool. And, um, I will say eerie. Uh, so, the, the difference was when we were fishing the thousand islands and around that area, you know, we were catching these smallmouth like, I don't know, six to 10 feet deep. Right. And I've never fished that shallow for smallmouth. I'm more used to like what we were doing on Erie, like 30, 35 feet, you know, on the bottom. So that was a different experience as well, yeah. you know? And I mean, uh, rightfully so, like you guys came like 
true post-spawn on Erie, right? Because we warm up a lot quicker than Lake Ontario and the St. Lawrence. If you came a week earlier, we could have gotten all those fish in six to ten foot of water That's and crazy. out there as well. Be like it's it's crazy. Like we have a period from the first weeks, first to second week of May through now that you can catch pre, post, and spawn fish. Yeah. All with you guys like have a real rough up there. I feel real oh, it's, sorry. For it's awful, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, you guys have it rough. It's it's tough. I it's don't know if I'm going to fish freshwater until I get back up there. To be honest, I think that's what I said to y'all. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to fish for snook and tuna, and <laughs> you boys can have it down here. The next time you need to come up, and Joe <laughs> might have his boat put away by then. It's like end of October, like yeah. October November bite is sometimes even better than the spawn post spawn pre spawn yeah. bite. So is it like a shallow cranking deal? Is it like spinnerbait, chatterbait? Like, what are we talking in October? What's going on? Swimbaits. Swimbaits, nice. Like The prodigy is going to absolutely light their doors up. But we can add another element into it and throw them on an A-rig, and we get five hooks. So we're talking like we can have five in New York. (laughs) So, like, I mean, when you're – burn in an A-rig and you get two five-pound smallies to eat it at the same time and you hit it and you're like, what do I have? The Loch Ness Monster. And then they yeah. jump and go separate rays and break That's your A-rig crazy. in half. Like, you're, you've hit something new. So, like, <laughs> we're speed cranking, we're burning single swim bait, well, slow-crawling single swim baits and burning yeah. A-rigs. And you're That's just cool. getting your arms ripped off. It's, we'll be um, back. Yeah, it's... it's a, we'll come back for sure. But there's, like, windows. Like... The only issue with like late October through the end of November for that bite is you might get like three days of fish out of 14. Yeah. Yeah. So that's gas. Oh, it's beyond gassing. It's like gallon, like like 60, 70, 80 mile prevailing winds. (laughs) Dude, dude, that's Andy. It's crazy you say that because I remember one weekend when Justin and I came up to fish. We uh we stayed at the Marriott downtown because yeah. Justin was tired of sleeping in cheap hotels, and uh, <laughs> like we could see the like harbor from where we were staying. And no lie, like it it had to be blowing fifty coming off the lake. Like it yeah. was crazy. Those, those walls that you guys fished around behind when you came up, like they're just water coming over them the over entire time. Them. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Crazy. Yeah, I was looking those at those. That's wild. Too, 14 small. foot breaker walls. Like, and the waves crazy. are crashing them. Like, so we get a thing called a siege effect. So, what happens here in the fall when we get the prevailing gale winds from southwest blowing right up the lake? So, gale wind is anything that is sustained, I believe, over 45 miles an hour. Like, sustained, not gust, sustained. So, 45 miles an hour sustained, 65, 70 mile an hour wind gusts. We'll get 10 to 12 foot of water fluctuation. So it basically sucks all the water out of Ohio and pushes it to New York. So like That's our crazy. end of the lake will rise like 18 feet in a matter oh of God. minutes. That's yeah. Crazy. So with these giant waves. <laughs> wow. And then the issue is then the whole lake turns to mud and it's like prime time. And you're like waiting. You get like seven calm days in a row, but it's mud, mud, a little cleaner. Little cleaner, no, it gets better. A little cleaner, a little cleaner. You got five hours of fish because the next gale front's coming through, and the lake is clear. (laughs) You're out in the lake, and you're like, Oh, I can feel that wind picking up just one more 
oh, one more kiss next thing you know you're driving in in eight foot waves because the oh gale winds are coming again <laughs> no way oh my yeah, lord it, it's it um it gets scary in the fall but you can catch I think Bailey, Destin, and Jeff, three of my really good friends, and Bailey, the host of the Serious Angler Network, um, they caught 181 fish in nine hours, and all of them were over four pounds. (laughs) And like, yeah. And then, like, that night, (laughs) just dumb. I haven't caught that many fish fish in the past six months. But but here's the thing about it it took them four hours for the bite to turn on. Ooh. That's normal so for me, man. In four hours, <laughs> they caught a hundred. I think it was a hundred and eighty-one fish in like four hours. That's oh crazy. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fun. Lord. So Lord. back to the experience. Which was your favorite part, uh, Ryan and Clint? You kind of go at this together, tag team it here. What was your favorite let, let part? Let Ryan about the go first. Trip? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, my favorite Ryan part. First. My favorite part of the of the whole trip. Yeah. Uh, it was the outer realm. Just seeing that, just seeing yeah. such a different place like that, that was a cool experience for me. Awesome. Um, no offense to Lake Erie. <laughs> no oh no, none taken. Just, uh, none taken. just, just the scenery, just being out there, it was just something I hadn't seen before, you know. So that so was like, really so like fun. where what what I always refer to as the outer realm is like we launch at Henderson Harbor because Henderson Harbor, in order to get out on the lake you're running north. So any waves coming from the southwest or west, you can like run trough like down yeah. low in between them. So like you go to Hender, you come out of Henderson, you go under this like under this like bridge and you like pop out of the tube and there's a breaker wall right there so the currents don't like crush you and like you come out of the tube and you just like see Stony Island off in the distance and then once you get around Stony, you have little galoo, galoo, and the ducks. The ducks are way off; you can't even see them. But like, you come around the uh, around Stony, and it's just like, dude, you can't see like 270 degrees around you. You can't see yes, anything the ocean. but the it's horizon, the man. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's awesome. You like round Stony Island, and it's like, boom! You're just like out there, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. That, it's a jam, man. I love it. I love it. Cool. What was your least favorite part, Ryan? My, my, did I have <laughs> me, and, me and Joe giving him a hard time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Joe and Clint. Joe and Clint. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I don't know if they were delirious or what it was, but at some point they both developed this accent and they kept it for three days and I had to be in the boat with them. So it just became the point of just crazy. And the funny thing was, is like Joe didn't even know how to turn back into himself. after that. Like, <laughs> We're at the he restaurant. He's talking. Talking. And he still had the accent. He's like, God, you know, like he checked himself on it. It was funny as hell. But yeah, that was, uh, that was, I don't know what you're talking about, Holmes. Yeah, exactly. yeah, Ryan. Like, I'm surprised that you got tired of it. It was so oh much fun. God. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. That uh, was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that Thursday morning, uh, like our charades in the parking lot was just hysterical. And oh that, yeah, and I have another thing too. Worst part or the thing I didn't like was was the okay. flight on the way home getting all screwed up for both of us. Clint got it worse than me. He had to sleep in the airport. I got home at three in the morning and they lost my bag. So with all my reels and the hard drive in it, I finally got it back. 
Oh my but, gosh. Yeah. It's always something. And for yeah, anybody who something. films content out there, that's why we have literally all of this footage in three different places right now. Yeah, so, Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, It's important to back your stuff up and keep it in multiple drives. Yeah, absolutely. So, Clint, how about you? Favorite part of the trip and then least favorite part? Uh, I'd say I had a blast when all four of us were on the boat together, honestly. And I put on yeah, the – Yeah, uh, that was fun. You know – I got a little something. Do it. Do oh, it. no. Do it. Do it. Do it. Y'all probably seen this floating around the Instagram, so I had to buy myself one. So we were gonna, explain this. This we, is we were gonna have so we we're gonna have four people. We we're gonna have four people on Joe's boat, and Joe didn't have enough life jackets. So of course, Andy being the guy he is, brought a type one life jacket, just like the one I'm wearing right now. <laughs> and uh so of course spoiler up. Joe, Joe, oh yeah, spoiler. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> yes, that's the best part. And the so wind kept that thing up all day. It was it was magical. So of course, Joe, Joe's got the nice, nice low profile. Ryan, I think Ryan put on another yeah. low profile, and and it's gassing outside. <laughs> and so I was like, I'll take the orange one, and then yeah. I put it on almost as a joke, right? Just like <laughs> let me put on this orange life jacket, and then I put it on, and I'm like, this thing's sweet. But then, like, I noticed the whistle, <laughs> and I was like, "This is hilarious." I mean, don't get me wrong; it's Coast Guard approved. Like, that's nice to have if you, you're overboard. But at the same time, I thought it was funny in the moment to blow the whistle. I'm not going to do it on, on here because it'll blow all our ears. No, out. after you caught a fish, you blow the whistle. <laughs> yeah, and even right before I caught a fish, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "I must so, not be catching up." <laughs> so, so, I, <laughs> so I decide to stick to it. I was like, "I'm going to just." get this thing on and I'm wearing this thing all day while we're fishing. So we pull up to the first spot. I, I make like, it was like my second cast. And then I'm like hooked up and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I, I land this fish on, I think it was drop shot or something. And, uh, and land this fish. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, I, I this thing might have a little juju to it. It might have some mojo action to this life jacket. Cause I was like, I, I just caught, caught the first fish. I was, I was feeling good. Yeah, yes. look at yes. that thing. <laughs> exactly, That's amazing. And then so I, was, I just ran with it, and I wore this thing literally for seven hours, and I just I never took it off. Oh, I felt safe wearing it in the waves because I knew if I hit the water, I'd be sitting here looking like this. Yeah. Andy, save me! No, the, the best part is like when the other captains are out there and they're driving by, and I think oh they're all God. pointing and laughing. So many dirty looks. So <laughs> many people were just one. looking at me like, what? Yeah, look that's at my that. favorite right there. Well, I, I want to think... frame that. <laughs> we should and frame so, it and all of us sign it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm down for that. Um, and so I loved it so much. And I loved the experience so much. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy one. So. There it is. <laughs> I bought one. My girlfriend was super stoked about it. She thought Clint it was a great Kent. Uh, Clint Kent. She's like, you spent $50 on that thing? And I was like, it's for the memories, okay? I think I think you have to bring that with us on all our filming trips moving forward. Oh, yeah. And at least one day towards the end of the shoot, you got to you gotta wear that for sure. Oh, yeah, could you I imagine think I can turn in it into Florida a whole persona, like, you know? Florida in July with that around like a sun shirt. It's going to be like a two different colored sun shirt by the end yeah. of the day. yeah. No, well, like and it. like the the thing that we forgot to really mention too is like when we rounded that breaker wall and like it it, it was still like almost four footers that first morning yeah like, 
just going out and we were going into them and we all got a little bit splashed on like yeah. it, that's the other reason why clint never took it off is it we knew it was yeah. only gonna build yeah. oh yeah and also the, the boat's doing this the whole morning and like <laughs> yeah. I'm, standing, I'm standing in the back but at the same time it's like even going going to take a pee off the back of the boat i mean it was a little sketchy i was like yeah. i felt safe having this big old orange thing on in case i slip off the back yeah. <laughs> like, didn't have his great legs his great lakes legs no. yeah my sea legs were definitely out of it so i had the backup of that and i mean i, I feel like it gained you an extra couple of miles an hour with me having that like <laughs> yeah if you're sitting where i thing. sat and if i sat where you were definitely it would have given us some like downforce yeah so definitely yeah. would have pushed the nose exactly. a little lower but definitely would have got more wet butts in the morning <laughs> if that would have happened because yeah. uh we know we, joe was a little sleepy when we were driving uh, out around those oh. walls and like the first three of them came over the bow and clint had a very <laughs> wet butt that was an experience <laughs> like I, I think the first thing i did was like whoa and then clint just sat there he's like what and i was like stand up stand up <laughs> yeah right <laughs> It's like it's running, like, it like rolls because riding the blind, bow, like slow it's gas, and it's a little sketchy. Yeah, right? it, riding blind when you're sitting there and you're sitting up front, and everybody, all three stooges are sitting there looking forward, and all their eyes get about this big around. And I'm like, oh, something's about to happen, right? And I like I just sit up, and while this wave goes under my butt, you know. Yeah, one of my uh, favorite things to tell my clients when I'm driving out there in that crap or coming back in, I go, if you see my foot come off the throttle and my hands go up, do the same. And they just right. laugh. I'm like, and the one time it happened, and the clients looked at me and my hands and my feet went up and they just sat there and they took it right in the chops. I felt so bad. <laughs> it's like, I've warned you. Like, uh, that when you come into the South gap, when it's gassing like that, what were those waves? Like six foot, like yeah, they were massive. <laughs> Cause crazy. they just rebound and do this and like clap and just stack. There's oh, no yeah. good way to navigate that. And they can either be so close together or so far apart at the same time. It's like trying to learn, like since I've moved to Texas and it's gassing out here. Cause I feel like the wind hasn't stopped blowing since I've been out here. I'm trying to learn how to run a boat in rough conditions. Cause in the mountains, when I lived in North Carolina all my life, basically I was protected, but in Texas it's, it's flat and there's no protection. I, I feel like similar story up there. You just have so much, so much mileage of water for that, those waves to build up when it starts to, Yes. Yeah, a little rough water driving, like, um, like a little segment we can throw in here. The biggest thing you can do is ride low and slow, keep your nose up, and then time it. So, because every wave is, it doesn't go all the way across the lake, right? They kind of come in like little segments. You can, if you ride low and slow, and your bow is up just slightly where you can see, you can almost drive around the waves. You have to go real slow and est your way through, but you'll stay dry. You'll stay safe. You're not going to tear up your boat. Doesn't matter if you get there first when it's blowing 40. Like mm -hmm. everyone's going the same speed or mm -hmm. slower. So the more you can learn to navigate those waves properly without beating your kidneys to a bloody pelt, the better off you're going to be. And, and always properly caffeinate and eat breakfast first. Because if yes. you don't, the first five minutes of the trip and gets get a wet butt. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you make all your friends wet. And if you, then if you don't catch them, they're just miserable all day. So no. 
thank thank god we caught him but yeah, yeah i almost like, ruined the day before it even started well good thing it was like 95 degrees by the end yeah. of the day so like we we're all dry relatively yeah. quick so we'll digress here um so what was your favorite cast bait to throw for the smallmouth up here you guys pick me pick me pick me just go <laughs> oh, okay um <laughs> So, so like, I actually did not catch a six pounder last year. So, uh, which I mean, I probably caught, I think I caught, and this number is going to sound low if you guys know Andy, but I think I caught 85 or so over four pounds last year. I think I caught in the high twenties over five, but I did not catch a six. So, um, Like I fished the herring color on the first day because in that bay that that was getting all the wind um, when we were fishing for those post-spawn fish, it just that color matched the situation. But when we got to the outer realm on day two of filming, uh, as soon as I dropped the trolling motor, I looked down and we're in 18 feet of water and I could see, you know, like every hair on the back of this crawfish that like crawled by. (laughs) I was like. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to gypsy. Like that's like our kind of our, our own morning dawn. And yeah. uh, that purple and pink combination in in that emerald blue, emerald green water is just fire. And like within within a half hour, I finally caught a six pounder and it that was That was awesome, man. That was a hell of a fish. Dude, I almost I almost cried. Like I was it so just, stoked for you. It was just so nice to catch him on like a custom rod that Alf Angler and I have been working on. Like it's a prototype rod uh, you know, it was the first, you know, really big fish that we had caught on, on this color bait. And like, it was on like a trip that I had helped plan and we got it on camera and I don't know. It was just like, it was like an emotional no, thing. No, it's perfect, like, man. You worked so hard about Not it. to mention it early in the trip and early in the day too. Yeah. yeah, trips made. Now we can yeah. do whatever. That's, that's we the want. whole thing. I th- I think that it's probably like probably some pressure off your shoulders in a way. Not that yeah. anybody would ever hold you responsible for anything, but you know, it's just like if you came and fished Lake Lanier with me and Eddie or something like that, and we're trying to show you something, and you know, it's fishing and nothing's guaranteed, right? And then to have that happen early in the trip, that was uh, that was awesome. Yeah. It was you know? huge. It, it felt it, it felt really, really good. Awesome. I mean, I and because like I want. Not just so that we get the shots, but like, I want my fishery to show out. Like, it's it's number one in the country. Like, I don't want to bring my buddies up here and like have. I mean, because you guys are family. Like, I don't yeah. I don't want my fishery to not impress. Like, yeah. you know, I I like live basically on like two bodies of water most of the year. I fish like. 70% of my days on Oneida and the Thousand Islands region. And like to be able to get you to catch one on your first cast that morning. Yeah. And then like a half and, and, and it was on a bait that we didn't get to fish because of the conditions the day before. Yeah. And then, and then for, for like a half an hour later for, for me to grab that one was like, I don't know, dude, it was yeah, like, cool. that was awesome. Um, I it saw, was I was actually, one. when I was looking through footage today, man, I saw that whole fish catch. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's uh, it's special, man. You're fired up. It's really, really cool. Yeah. It's a good yeah. deal. Yeah, that that apex fish, that was my favorite fish of the trip, believe it or not. 
that one. Just because, like, that was the, probably the only time in the whole entire trip for, like, 10 minutes there was no wind and I could throw a nail-weighted apex because I was I knew they would eat it, man. I was, like, fired up to go up there and throw it, and then I, like, right off the bat hooked a fish. That was my favorite fish. That was a lot it, of fun. What color uh, apex was that on? Uh, that was purple on rain. Purple Rain, right? Purple Rain. Yeah. With a little uh, tungsten nail weight nose hooked. Uh, I fish it like that over the brush on Lanier a lot. And we'll, believe it or not, we'll fish it 25, 30 feet deep. Just let it fall down and slow roll it. But I, there's something about a bite when it's when you don't have like a big ball head on it. You don't have a big chatterbait. You don't have something heavy on it. And you just like it's so light and you just feel them smoke it, man. The line jumps I was, like six feet. I was using the Alpha Angler spy bait rod too. I think at one point I said you could feel a fish fart on that rod with yeah. the cast grade and seven oh, pound yeah. carbon line. It was it was heaven, man. I mean, that is – I cannot wait. I got a buddy, Franco, who fishes just like me. He's never used Alpha Angler rods, and I'm going to get him on those. He's going to freak out about it. But we were using that, and then the wrench for the Prodigy, that was really cool because it's funny when you – you know, when I traveled up there, it's the first time I didn't travel with my rods um because i normally i like i fish shimano x prides right and i'm just used to the way my rods feel you know you you know everything about them so not that i was doubting the rods he was using but you don't know what how it's going to feel till you get there and do those two rods are ridiculous so i'm i'm going to be selling the x prides if anybody out here wants them. <laughs> oh boy and uh i, I want to get those two rods for the setup because it was it was a lot of fun to fish how handy we've ruined them we've we're ruined ruining them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I listed i listed 11 yeah, of my that. 15 rods like i only own 15 rods right now <laughs> And I listed 11 yesterday, and I've got my Alpha Angler list right here of which rods. <laughs> I've got the yeah, you, you boys pretty like, much ruined this. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it was a hell of an experience for both of us, man. So um, I think well, now, we'll now we just got to get Andy there. on that cast braid. And uh, yeah, he's going to have some. Yeah, he I, he's going to have some <laughs> coming his way for I sure. Can't that's wait. spider wire or whatever he is using. It's a little rough. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Andy, that's the, just to let you know, man, and I always say this that. That braid is the thing I'm the most proud of that we've created yeah. uh, because they they tested it for two years. They did the right things to make it. And I mean, I, I don't care if I sound like a Hummer. It is by far the best braid in America. I'll put it against it's it. It's by far. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you guys this too. Like Ryan knows. I don't know if I told you, Andy. So my prototype, uh, I, I knocked the insert out of the top guide. I have no idea when, but it was either day one or before day one even started. And I fished that rod. Every single day that we for seven straight days and that braid is still stinking awesome and That's it's like all, it's amazing like it's like You're the thinnest lucky. braid i know dude it's awesome like but i i wanted to like like i didn't want to stop using the rod because i've been testing it and b i wanted to put that braid through the ringer because like my my whole beef with like every single major manufacturer of braided line right now is as they keep going thinner and thinner, their coatings are gone and the braid hat starts to fall apart like a cotton or like a yeah. cotton t-shirt yeah, that you've shred. had for, for 17 years. And like, I wanted to see if I could ruin this stuff. And like, I fished it. I fished that rod hard, like, like hundreds of casts for seven yeah. straight days and no lie. Like I finally took the reel off the rod today because I, uh, I, I have an open coming up and I'm going to put fresh line on uh, like that rod. And I'm going to still fish that rod in the open next week. So That's like, 
Yeah, I mean, like I, but I didn't, I didn't want to, I, I don't want to hurt it any further. So, <laughs> what's funny about that braid too is that when it was being tested, you know, it wasn't tested over here. It was tested on the Great Barrier Reef for, and I don't know how many listeners know what this fish is, but a giant trevally, which I would say is probably the strongest fish in the ocean besides a big bluefin tuna. So, and th- and those fish, you have to lock your drag. I mean, they'll reef you in two seconds. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it's set up to those conditions, and, and it's just cool to see all the way down to the 12-pound we were using, how good that was, you know. And, but I want to mention this, too, because, you know, I don't know how many people know about our braid, and I don't want to just sit here and make this claim that it's the best braid in America. There's a reason why this braid is the way it is. Uh, first off, it's a 12-strand carrier, so it's super smooth. Uh, but what we do when we manufacture the braid is use something called high stitch processing. And that's a, it's basically a steam bath. That's going to shrink all the fibers on the braid. So if you can imagine there's no air gaps, right? That's going <coughs> to shrink the diameter. You're going to cast further with that. And then whether you realize it or not throughout the day, your line absorbs water, right? It gets waterlogged, which means your cast is going to be shorter and shorter. We put a light Teflon coating on the braid. So it's going to repel water. So the cast you're making, you know, first thing in the morning is going to be the same cast before you uh, pick your trolling motor up and leave. And it's, it's something I'm really proud of too, you know? And I mean, dude, it use good braid. If you're going to have like nice reels like we have in these off angler rods and everything, it just, it complements what you're doing, you know? I, I guess the cliche here could be use cast to cast further. That's right. There you and go. Longer. That's right. I have a question for you boys and I'm not yeah. trying to change the subject. No, the change it. Go ahead. When is the best time that I can come up there and throw top water? <laughs> or is it even a thing? It is. So like Great Lakes Smallies, <laughs> there's very small windows where they'll eat a top water because they're is so fo- they're so focused on eating down because of the gobies and, and stuff like so that. So like yeah, that to, to catch top water fish, you're looking more like finger lakes where there's not gobies in there i see okay yeah because you know when i was up there throwing the og around i mean i was just gung-ho to get a a small mouth on one but what happens and all i can do is compare it to my home lake so like in lanier when the water temperature you know it's after they spawn the water temperature is still a little cool uh they'll come up and boil under it if you get them if you can call them up you can tell they kind of toy with it they don't come up and smash it uh once the water temperature comes up and they're ready They'll come up and waylay it. And just being up there and not knowing your fishery, you know, I wanted to throw it a lot because I water so clear. It's fun to watch the bait swim and stuff. But I felt like I was kind of jumping the gun a little bit, like maybe I was up. Because for us, our big month for top water is June. You can definitely catch some in the end of April, May, but it's that bite's just not it hasn't manifested yet. And I kind of felt like I was doing the same thing up there, like just what would be our May throwing top water, you know? So there's two distinct times a year up here that the top water really takes off for me. It's like right post spawn. So end of May, beginning of June for the inland lakes. Yeah. And then we get like a special little deal here on Erie. It was a week before you guys came up, usually when yeah. our top water bite, but it's like a three day window. We need mayflies and sandflies. Right, right. It's very specific. Yeah. But it's then um, for us, because the herring, right? Yeah. So that just causes them to stay <laughs> eating top. You know, gobies on the bottom, herring are running around. So that's where I was getting it with the finger lakes. Our finger lakes are alawife driven. Okay. Yeah. That's similar to a herring. So we get like, I don't think it's technically like an alawife spawn, but we get like a false alawife spawn in the fall where all the mm-hmm. alawives push shallow and the smallmouth follow. Yeah. And that's when you can get them to come up and catch some of the biggest largemouth. Of the year That's as cool. well yeah. on top water. They're yeah. super active. I think I got 
three or four top water bites this trip and I caught the smallest one, of course. Yeah. But I, it's, this is what would piss me off is like, you know, besides that bed fish, uh, the morning when we were fishing the St. Lawrence, I had on this ether, I had a monster. They just come out and just porpoise it and jump over it. Dude, that I'm so ruined by top water. I'll sit there and throw the thing for four more hours because I saw that one fish miss yeah. the bait. It's so stupid. And meanwhile, cool. like Joe's over here left and right catching four and five pounders on the prodigy, which is my bait. And we came out there to film the prodigy. And I'm yeah. over here just firing this thing. It's so stupid. It's a bad well, I think the like three or four times I talked to you, you're like, so where can I catch a topwater fish? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's throw yeah. it. It's because of, <laughs> of the Australians. It's because of yeah. Mick and Ben. I don't know, you know, like if you've always seen GT Buster on uh, on YouTube, if you ever watch some of his videos fishing for GT, he's like a comic book character. How fired up he is over topwater fishing, and that's what that's what he told me. What either Mick or, or him said, you know, topwater, the only topwater. I mean, the only, the only water. The yeah. only water is topwater. Water, right? Yeah. It's, well, like, it's, it's funny. So if, if Bailey was here, he'd be telling everyone that um, I laugh like a little school child whenever I get a topwater bite because it's my absolute favorite way to fish. It's like, your joy. Yeah. Your it's joy. just. Especially let's, when you, let's bring this to attention. Joe LaBarbera is not the biggest topwater fan. Yeah. No, he oh. likes the deep jig bite or the yeah. deep. Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to catch them. I want to catch them on like super deep, like thirty-five to fifty feet, half, five eighths, three-quarter ounce football jig, and I just like I want to feel it go dunk, and there be some slack in the line, and me get to just like reel up on braid and yoink on them. Like I don't know, it's just me. It so was pretty love- fun. I'm probably going to catch a bunch of crap for this, but you said something else that I maybe didn't like or whatever on the trip, right? Uh-huh. So I'm going to diss a lure that is huge up there for you guys, and that is the Ned Rig. I cannot stand the thing or make myself throw it because this is why. And I'm a little different. Like a lot of guys on Lanier where I'm from, they'll will throw shaky heads and stuff, but they'll still throw it on a spinning reel, right? I, th- I like to throw like a heavier shaky head, like a four-inch Cinco, something like that on a bait caster and just jack them. Right. And at that little, like the Ned rigs I've seen, they weigh like what, like a 16th ounce or something like this. And they got about that much plastic and you got to sit there and throw them and you got to count, you know, your whole entire life for it to fall down and drag it. Now, obviously I probably don't Ned rig fish as much as you guys. Cause I'm maybe sounding like an idiot, but I can't stand those things. That is not my deal. Give me a jig, give me a shaky head to some I can drag and jack them. So well, that Ned Rig I that I gave Clint, in his face when I was saying this, he's ready to just yeah. unleash yeah. on me. No, uh, no, I, I, I actually can't stand dragging and Ned Rig fishing. I absolutely hate I it, but it. I do it. But I the one that I gave to Clint was actually a three eighth ounce head, and the hook yeah, on it, yeah. you can drive it home with a baitcaster. Like, yeah, I'll I'll actually, I'm clutch with like ten pound test. You probably could have fished the Ned Rig on that. Yeah, and the, like, the other thing is too, you guys do have the right water to fish it uh back home there's so much brush and timber that like you'll get a pack of those and you'll lose within the first 10 minutes you'll lose the whole pack you know what i'm saying it's great just yeah it's pass yeah well yeah <laughs> so here's here's my whole thing though and like everybody everybody hates it but like clint was throwing a seven six heavy with 17 pound floral and a three quarter ounce football jig i was throwing uh what was it uh like 20 or 30 pound braid to a 12 pound fluorocarbon leader and like a little seven three medium heavy rod and like spinning rod yeah. and like we're the same exact bait. yeah and we're throwing the same exact bait right so like at, at like clint how many times did you swing and miss though 
three. I've got I've yeah. tracked tracked the GoPro footage. I lost three fish because of straight fluorocarbon line. Yeah. So like I only missed like one bite, maybe two bites, but I, no, I you like you missed one bite. I went to the footage pretty hard. Like, He's I like, I want to prove anything. Joe wrong. Yeah, like, I, I was really looking. Anything. I was I was looking, but you only missed one so, bite all day. So like I know everybody like dude, I love jacking them on a baitcaster on like 17 or 20 pound floral too, but like with the waves, the way it puts a bow in your line. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Feel stuff on sand. Like Ryan's like, dude, like I'll throw a shaky head, twelve pound test, thirty five feet of water. I'm like, no, dude. Like yes, no, you like, have to. No. All right. Kurt Next is, thing is, Kurt is a real and thing. Are coming yeah. south. You boys are coming to visit Lanier. No, but I mean, but like, I guess blackwater fishing though. Yeah, that's that's like it's like I, comparing like the Takasuji to, to a pond. Yeah. Like, dude, I could I could hook them in my bathtub too. Like, hey, now listen, hold on now. Lanier is not a bathtub here. Okay, yeah. it's a decent oh. size. It doesn't have current, and it's also the most stuff. like boat owned, like crazy boat driver. It's lake it's, it's, in it's the, the busiest country. lake in the summer. Like, yeah. it's it's nuts. And I I'll still People put it up there. I think it's it it's the I'll say it's the number one spotted bass fishery right now in the country. I'll put that up there. I, I mean, you have those lakes in Northern well. California where there's bigger spots, but the, how strong this lake fishes, you know, now that I live in Florida, when I go home, I always go up to the mountains and we'll fish a couple other lakes and we'll come back and hit Lanier every single time Lanier's fishing better. And I'm like, I should have just stayed here for a few days. You know, I shouldn't have went to Chatoog today. I should have went to Lanier. That's right. Lake in college. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, ten ten times out of ten, rather go to Lanier than Chatuk. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I've spent a lot of time on Chatuk. Hmm. Oh, hmm. yeah, Lanier. <laughs> and and that's one thing that's been cool about what we've been filming is we have Lanier, which we all rank as one of the highest class spot at Bass Lake. So we have that on film. Then we go to Guntersville, which is like in the history books. For You're catching them on the down under, right? At yeah. Guntersville. Yeah. Yeah, on the Bartlett Bluegill. Top water baits. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, them top of what in the hell? Yeah, them top water baits. Yeah. yeah. And then then we go up north to the motherland and catch yeah. those brownfish. So that, that tribe. Yeah, this, this video is going to be sick. Camera, like yeah. having all, all of those on camera in multiple forms. It's not like we have one large mouth, one spotted bass, and one small mouth. Like we have full days of catching spots, large mouth, and small mouth. So. The amount of footage, what's sitting on these drives right now that's going to come out soon. It's, oh, it's sick. stupid, dude. Yeah, it's cool. I was thinking about the biggest fish from each of the trips. So we've got like on this will be like a five-pound Lake Lanier spot. Uh, Joe's 6'12", smallmouth, and uh, JD's seven-pound Gunnersville largemouth. That's pretty cool, you know? Five, six, yeah. seven. Keep them in numerical order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. That's awesome. So, no, it's yeah. cool. It's really cool. So – anyways so um clint when you're up here how many pbs did you catch i caught two two two, and it was like i was absolutely stoked so like my first smallmouth pb was back when i really was getting into fishing in college um like i I fished my whole life and then uh had something happen when i was younger and, and to where i didn't hit a lake anymore between the time i was like 10 years old and 18 years old i just pond hopped um and then got into college and joined the fishing team had no idea tournament fishing was a thing no idea 
And then I was 18 years old and I was like, there's a fishing team. Like these people are competing in fishing tournaments. I had no idea it was a thing. Uh, and then, so it was my first year on the fishing team and I got a hold of my first bait caster because they called me camp bait cast Bartlett <laughs> because I was like, I was like big swim bait. I'm going to throw it on the offshore. Spin it. I was like, I don't need to throw that bait caster. I was like, I, I literally bought with like, I got an offshore, like big 4,000 size offshore reel. And I was slinging a Huddleston deluxe on that thing. And I thought I was the bee's knees, you know? And, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so I'm going to hide on a 4k. I yeah. love it. Nice. And then so I finally get convinced enough to buy this super cheap bait caster reel off my buddy. And I had a Berkeley lightning, a Berkeley lightning rod, extra heavy swim bait combo, right? About a $50 com- swim bait combo. And I was throwing this live target rainbow trout six inch. And I was throwing it up into this waterfall in one of my local little mountain lakes. And I set the hook. I feel like the big bite jack this hook and this fish comes off and it's like a seven pound largemouth and i'm like whoa i'm like hooked and then i i uh asked my buddy i'm like hey this thing has a hook keeper on the bottom where i can put a treble hook on i didn't know how to change split rings or put hooks on anything at this point so he showed me how to thread on a treble hook on here and then because i was like i don't want to miss another bite and i make it make a couple more casts and it was my birthday and uh, I was like, dude, I don't want to leave until like I just lost a seven pounder, which at that point would have been like four pounds more than my PB at that point. Like, <laughs> like, my PB was literally like three or four pounds other than this one fish when I was a kid. I actually had the picture right here on my desk. That was a Aww. five pounder on a gas master, which was pretty sweet uh, off my Snoopy rod. Anyway, nice. um, so finally stay. There's like still an old, old video on my YouTube stay. And I uh, get another bite and I just get hammered and i'm like cranking it and i was i was about to boat flip it my buddy misses it with the net like three times and i was like oh it's fine i'll boat flip it he finally gets it in the net and we're like freaking out like i've never caught a smallmouth before like i i've caught two tiny smallmouth this big out of the river before that was it and it's a 492 on the scale and i was stoked in western north carolina i was like this is the biggest smallmouth i've ever seen and uh <laughs> so that was like so cool and then to be up north for just a few days, and that was 2018, and now it's 2022, so I guess, what, four years? Math. Uh, and then Math. literally, um, like, that was the first day, right? That was uh, when you caught your six-pounder. Y'all had 23 and a half pounds. Second. second day? Yeah, second second day with Ryan up there. And then uh, so like, we got all our filming done for the most part, like had a baller day, 23 and a half pounds in the bag crazy footage fish jumping everywhere like so ryan was like hey clint make a couple casts and so i pick up that herring prodigy on a little ball head and just like slow roll it on the bottom and i i, I couldn't have been fishing for more than five minutes and it was like Zzz. and i was like oh that's a good one and then I, th- I think it was like i didn't treat it like it was big for some reason like i was just like letting it fight whatever and it was like beside the boat jumping i was like ryan can you get the net and then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then he's like, finally, after doing this number a couple of times, gets the net. And then we get this fish in the net. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was like I didn't realize the caliber of this fish at the time. And then, like, we put it on the scale, and I was like, it was five even. And I was like, so I just beat my PB by .08. I was like, that's, that's awesome. Good and math. I was super um, yeah. <laughs> 
struggling here with the math <laughs> late at night. Um, but then that was that was super cool. And then fast forward uh, to Lake Erie, um, and with the with the help of you guys, man, uh, dragging the prodigy, that same blue herring prodigy, on a drop shot, and yeah. uh, out there drag dragging around, hook up, and it was like one of those same things, which was so crazy to think about, like when I know I hook a big fish, like I'm normally very animated, like not quite like YouTuber style, but like very like excited and amped up and all, all that stuff, like so ready for this fish, like, Oh my gosh, get this fish in the boat. But like, for some reason I was very nonchalant about both of these fish catches. And it it's because we'd being... seen 4,000 fish caught <laughs> right before then for yeah, being up there. That's, that's we were still in shell shock from, from the Northern yeah. guys. Well, well, it's funny too. Like, and I'll and I'll say this as well. Like I know exactly how you're feeling because every time I catch a big one, I have no idea it's giant until I get yeah. it at the boat. Because they always they like run up and then they constantly just run to the you boat. Can't you're like, that you're like, you can't tell them that. Like it's like two pounder, and also yeah. you're like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, for me in North Carolina, when I would catch big smallmouth on my lo- local lake and see him jump, I'd be like, oh my god, it's a three or four pounder, yeah. and like I know I'm like, oh my god, it's big. But then, well, like, like, for some reason, up there, it's like you have no idea. You can't tell. Yeah. Like, the water and some of the ones, yeah, some fish. of the ones you're like monster, and you get it in the net, and you're like, oh. uh, yeah, I know. You're yeah, going icon it, because you're like it's a giant, and then you get it, it's yeah. like a three and a quarter, and it fought mm-hmm. you like a ten pounder. The only reason Ike is like that is because he fishes in New Jersey. I found that out firsthand when I went up there to film with him in New Jersey in January. Terrible idea. But he got three bites all day, and they were all largemouth about like this. And he was like, yeah, because it was like 12 degrees outside. And we were freezing. And I was like, I'd be celebrating too if I got three <laughs> bites all day. Like That's why that's why he's so fired up. He's Love an it. awesome dude, though. He's a lot of fun to be around and be in the boat with. Like If, it, if I wasn't in the boat with him on that 12-degree day, then I probably wouldn't have made it because he kept, kept me warm by laughing all day. <laughs> Love it. Now, Ryan, you got a six, didn't you? This Did trip, you get a six? No, I did no, this. Believe it or not, I didn't beat my PB. I, I, uh, I caught a pretty big one down at Dale Hollow in Tennessee. That's a mm. that's an awesome fishery too. It's got some really big ones in it. When I was actually when we were first testing the Prodigy the very first time, I got a five ninety seven. Yeah, that's a believe it or not, like five ninety seven is a really hard weight to beat because. You're like Joe last year, right? He caught none over six. Like five ninety seven yeah. is virtually a six pounder. Yeah. And I mean I Bailey, the the host here on the show, I think he was stuck at like five fifteen for like three years. So virtually like the same size fish. Yeah. It's so hard to eclipse that six pound mark. Joe's killing flies over. I got pit. him too. The, the sand flies followed him home. But um <laughs> like it's such like an incredible place to catch vast numbers of four and a half to five and yeah, that's what's so cool fish. about it. There's that's just so, cool so many, and you can catch them so many different ways with like the nail weight on a nose hook to apex, or slinging the prodigy around on a ball head, uh, or a football head, or drop shotting it, or. I bet you even like if we nail weighted it and did the nose hook on it like the apex, you'd probably catch them that way too. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, apex on shaky head bait. <laughs> yeah, or prodigy on a football jig yeah. or yeah, on a cool. sled head like smallies love that stuff and we yeah, can really cool. experiment and showcase things in a different aspect because our fish are so willing to bite yeah it's super cool. sacked them on that prodigy on a football jig yeah oh yeah God, that's, that's so that was sweet. That was a lot of fun. The whole trip's been awesome. I can't thank you guys enough, man. That was that was really special for me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're able to come out and experience Erie. And it was funny that you guys didn't want to leave after the one day here. And then you yeah. sat on the same waypoint for like a total of what? 20, like almost 20 hours of fishing on the same waypoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't I worry. Mean, now you can ruin this. We'll be back. It was within we'll like 400 feet. It yeah. was like we stayed in a 400-foot drift. And, like, dude, when we went back the second day, Clint and I looked, like, we only did that drift three times over the course of, like, I don't know, eight hours. Like, it was just, like, spot lock, move 35 feet, spot lock again, make a zillion casts. And the wind wasn't blowing near as bad, too. So when you came off of the spot lock, it didn't affect. But still, no, we were soaking. (laughs) We were soaking. And all of a sudden, it's just like – it, did you notice like how they came in waves? Like you'd hook one and then you'd hook like four or five and then it would go yeah, silent for like 20 together. minutes. It would go silent when all of the other boats would but, come around us. Well, well that's why because you know they're dragging live bait by and it really like messes with those fish as soon as they smelled like shad. But then as soon as those boats are gone, they settle down and all of a sudden they'll eat whatever you want to throw in front of them again. Oh my gosh, like I should have just eaten lunch every time any boat other than yours came by on that second day. Like yeah. I should have just sat down and eaten and made myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every time. It was funny too. I don't know if you noticed when I was on my guide trip, like every time those boats came near, I just left. I was like, I I'm out of here. Like I can't deal with it. One this. time you drove like a mile away. I was like, all right, if Andy's not back in an hour, we're going to go follow him because it died on us yeah. too. And we were like, what do we do? Like, oh, no. And we were just waiting. And eventually, when the boats all went past us, most of them pulled up their trolling motors and left. Yeah. Like, gone. Like, they went in for the day. And then 10 and minutes later. Like <laughs> clockwork, dude. It's crazy. And I was like, all right. And then, sure, sure enough, like, we're on fire. And you must have seen them leave, too, because you just... Came right back. Like, That's literally the only reason why I left. I, I went to go check out an area I haven't fished all year. And we caught a couple over there. But as soon as I watched those boats leave, I was like, let's go back to the fish. Like, I where I exactly know where they are. Well, and the thing, too, is, is like, you and I even talked about it. Like, you you knew you're that, that, I mean, you put us on those fish. Like, you knew those fish were leaving. You're like, dude, like. It might be hours, not days, that these fish are left. Yeah, there's like, um, there's maybe like four or five schools of fish left out there right now. Like it's yeah, just about done. Yeah, yeah, it was cool though. I mean, it was neat how those those fish live on a different bottom composition. Like you can go through, like, dude, I can go through the photos without looking at the date. Like I could scramble them all up and like just look at the fish and tell you where we caught it. Yeah. Like whether it was in like shimo bay whether it was out on the outer realm out on you know on lake ontario or whether it was like at lake erie like you can tell what those fish live on it's crazy it's crazy how like 
pale tannish yellowish our fish are but as soon as you get them in the rock which is where they're getting to now they get like vibrant brown tiger stripes out of they're crazy yeah like that first day with joe on uh erie like some of those fish he was catching up a little bit shallower had that darker tint to them and then as soon as we went out offshore they were like pale bronze yep (sighs) oh yeah so um Overall, on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate the smallmouth fishery against saltwater? Are you looking at me? (laughs) Both Clint, I know Clint's been out there a little bit in the salt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's He's not as crazy about it. I mean, it's about as close as you can come to it. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. I mean, here the thing is a saltwater man is is we go so far um where we fish that you can have days that are just absolutely stupid right now some days can be tough depending on the tides and the moon and all that uh but i think you know (coughs) with your fish as well especially out there at the outer realm you guys only really get a few months a year to really fish out there because of the weather and then a lot of days guys aren't running out that far so they're not getting pounded as much right um so there's you know i'd say it's close i mean it's not a topwater tuna but they're pretty awesome fish (laughs) yeah yeah you can't beat top water too that's something i need to do so um while we're getting ready here to wrap up joe do you have anything else you want to hit on before i hit clint and ryan with the last question the surprise question i mean i just think the the biggest thing that like i i've walked away from with since i started using cast baits right was i mean i talked about some of the other features of of their products before but like something that we haven't mentioned at all is uh probably like to me the second most important thing that uh that i get out of them and and that's i can use this swim bait to catch anywhere from five to 20 fish when i'm using a prodigy the durability is uh, exceptional it's exceptional. And, and what that offers me and will offer everyone like me as a tournament angler, as a full-time angler. Now you as a weekend angler, or somebody that just goes fishing soon is you have to carry so many less baits with you. And then like, if you get grass on your bait and you knock it off the water to try to knock that vegetation off, you don't have to spend all day straightening that bait on your hook. Like it stays on there it stays in one piece and it lets you make as many casts as possible so that you're efficient. You're not wasting tons of money on plastic. And like right now with gas being $5 a gallon to drive to the lake, like if you only have to take one pack of baits and you can catch a hundred fish on that one pack, like thank goodness That's really cool. that thank like it's unreal. Like to have a bait that has that kind of action, like literally the fastest moving tail I've ever seen and yet still holds up. It's, it's, I I can't, I can't speak highly enough about what that does for every angle. Well, and and I'll add on to it too. Like usually when you have exceptional durability in a bait, you lose action in a lot of, a lot of swim baits excel at certain times of year right like and i'm not going to name drop some are really good in cold water Mm -hmm. because they're so soft and they kick 
really yep. well. And then there's other ones that are more durable, but they won't work until the water hits 55 degrees. I have caught fish from 36 degrees to 70 degrees on the Prodigy because that tail kicks the same no matter if the water is ice cold or smoking hot. Yep, it still crazy. kicks and performs crazy. exactly the same. Yep. And I, I mean, I can throw it on an eighth ounce screw head where I'm like creeping it like a stinking mayfly hair jig. Or I can freaking throw it out on a baitcaster on a, on a half ounce head and burn the snot out. Like, and it never rolls. It it real it comes straight. It's perfect. And you don't really perfect. get that ever. Yeah. And one thing that's cool after I was looking back at the underwater footage, looking at the literal underwater footage, 1080-240, like slowed down, looking at the slow-mo version of this tail, is that it's not uh, – so one thing we always talk about with the OG is the non-mechanical random action of it. So with, with the topwater bait, so aside from Prodigy – Topwater bait, non-mechanical random action. This this thing will go, you can hit it, and it's going to go a little bit of everything. It's not your standard walk of bait doing the same thing over and over and over again. So the Prodigy, it, coincidentally, does the same thing. So when that tail is going left to right, sometimes it'll go left, left, right, left, left, right, 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 left. Like it, it does a little bit of everything, but still that bait, no matter if you're burning it, or whatever you're doing, it's still just a slight rock. You can absolutely burn it, and it's just going to slight rock. It doesn't matter. Like you can, and and that's when like testing with some of our bigger sizes, we're finding out like even like some of the bigger sizes, it still stays straight, and it, and it's just yeah, it's crazy. Mick did a really good job designing that bait. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll take it one step further. Is a lot of times with swim baits. You can only get that subtle rock when you put fish in on a ball head. Yeah. With that prodigy, you can still get that shimmy and rock out of it on a football head up to three eighth ounce. No, yeah. that's, that drop shot wild. that I was throwing. Like, yeah, yeah, and you it, can it, feel it as you're dragging. You can almost yeah. feel it in the line yeah. that so, heel rock. The crazy part about grade. this mate, the crazy my favorite thing about this prodigy was when we were testing it. Um, I, you know, I, I was a big fan down south on Lanier, like throwing spy baits a lot, the Dua Realis, uh, Spinbait 80, all that stuff in the listing. But then once I learned about throwing like Okashira heads and stuff like that, I just went that direction because you're dealing with one single hook, dude, and you're not sitting there dealing with small trebles. Uh, so I started th- using like Okashira heads, Vite makes a tungsten little spin head. And what I realized, we had a few other baits in the water. We were just dragging them like what we were doing. We were filming, Clint, and we were watching this bait list. And it di- you didn't have to have that screw head to get that rock out of the body where you needed that with some of the other ones, you needed that little screw. That's what really gave it that list back and forth. Uh, so that, that to me was my favorite part about that, you know? And, you know, when we first started testing that we were testing it in the winter in Tennessee and North Carolina. So this thing was getting crawled super, super slow. Yeah. And then what are we in now when we were about, I'm, I'm so tired today. We're about what June we're June right now, June, July. And yeah. it's still, we're still catching fish on it, you know, yeah. which it, is pretty awesome. You don't get a swim bait that performs in every water temperature, basically like bracket, right? Like right, the Prodigy right. does. And the best part is it comes in a clamshell. Yeah, so you like that. You like I that. love clamshell swim baits. We actually, we actually, you guys will see, we did some new packaging. Uh, it's clamshell packaging, but the uh, the blueback herring and the gypsy will be in some new packaging this go around. Sweet. So. Can't wait to get my hands on more. 
<laughs> they're coming your way what's okay so what's your question what's your secret question oh so all right we got the four of us here joe's already answered it before so Clint yeah. ryan um you can do it you got to do it separately but it's your each your own dinner party and you get to invite three people before christ after christ whenever no matter what time period fishing non-fishing sports who are the three people you're inviting to your dinner to drink a steak and a beer with and why? Yeah, drink that steak, drink baby. Steak. <laughs> so did I say drink your steak and yeah, beer? Eat your steak and drink a beer. It's been a long day for this Friday morning. And we're <laughs> not done. Ryan's first. first. Oh, no. Ryan's first. I'm first? Okay. Yeah. Uh, my girl, definitely. She's been my biggest inspiration and the whole reason I'm sitting here having this conversation with you about cast. So, and she likes steak. <laughs> so I definitely should be number one. Uh, the second would be Mick Guthrie because I'm still dying to get that dude back over here from Australia. He's dying to get over here. We're just dealing with visa stuff. Uh, he went to Sudan a couple of years ago and filmed some fly fishing on Sudan. And that is stopping him from getting an expedited visa. So definitely Mick Guthrie would be number two. And then number three, let me think for a second here. Uh it probably it might be my boy Eddie, just so I can have somebody wear me out the whole entire time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it wasn't Joe or Clint, I had to have that mix, you know. So that would be my three. Clint, Kent, I kind of want to go a little more philosophical with this, you know. Like, get a little yeah, stoic. dude. Don't be afraid. Yeah, get, get a little creative. Stoic. I like it. I, like I, I want to dive into some people that's like, dude. If I had one chance to talk to those people, like I, like no offense to Brian. Mick and Eddie, but like I could talk to those guys if it's yeah. this is a chance to talk to somebody that's not here or however. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, not to get too deep into it, but I probably have my dad because my dad passed when I was 10 years old. So I'd love to have him around the round table and actually be able to talk fishing with my dad when I actually understand fishing. Yeah. Um, so that'd be pretty cool. Uh, and then let's see who else would be really cool to talk to. And this is how I know you guys don't listen to the podcast. I know this is coming. So, you know, you get like double yeah. whammy. Exactly. Who else did I want at the table? I'm a big Brandon Polonick fan. I got to throw him in there. Cause just because he's, he's, he's cool. You know, he's, he's a cool guy. He has some cool conversation to talk, to talk about, I feel like. And then a third one, I need a, something super random. Uh, hmm. damn, this is a tough question. That's the <laughs> point. Ha- having to, like ha- having to narrow it down. I that's the hardest uh, part. Steven Spielberg. Nice. Nice. Learn something about. I, I like the like the videography, the film. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So, That's real good. So mine were was Toshinara Namiki, who is the lure designer for OSP. Uh, it was Zaldizi, <laughs> uh because oh, he's Zaldizi such a good would have been a great one. Well, and he's like hyper like me, and he's yeah. like just loves to teach and talk and like geek. That's true. And then Pete Mena, because I figured we needed a non bass guy, but Big I still like to talk fishing. Hair. Yeah, so I yeah, figured he was good. he's wild and if anybody's gonna drink too much, I mean I don't know if he drinks or not, but I was like, Well, if anybody's gonna get wild on beers, like maybe it'll be Pete and it'll like keep it light and fluffy, you know. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. Good stuff, guys. 
That's good. So thank uh, you for your taking the time here to record with me. So the folks listening on this fine Friday yeah, morning. I appreciate all of y'all. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we will be back. I mean, you pretty much ruined us. So this is a every year trip moving forward for sure. Yeah. So oh, the yeah. next time that you want to come is the end of September through like middle of October. All right. We that's like our, that. that's like our next stable weather pattern. All right. That, that time of year. Good. And uh, like we can do some, Finger Lake stuff. You can get the top water on Finger Lakes. And then we have my end of Lake Ontario where the A rig bike just explodes. Cool. Now that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. And then I have a shallow Niagara River, upper Niagara River bite. And then we can go out deep to where we caught them literally last week and re catch them out there again. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You boys got it good. You got it so, good. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, oh, we don't gosh. have to make it all here. We can go wherever. I don't care. Yeah. So, but if you want to get top water footage, that's the time to come and fish the Finger Lakes. That'd nice. be sweet. So, all right, man. I appreciate y'all. Well, thank you guys. And appreciate you, fellas. Yeah. And everybody who tuned in and listened to this, um, real quick, if you're on like Apple or Spotify, please hit the review button and leave us a review. Um, we appreciate that. And then. Look forward to seeing everyone on Tuesday Night Live. I think we have a fantasy show coming next week. So it'll be a good time. Follow Cast Fishing. Go check out Cast Mag on YouTube, yeah. guys. Yes. All right. Appreciate so, that. Andy, yep. thank yep. you, buddy. Yeah, right, thanks, pleasure, Andy. guys. Yep. We'll yeah. see you all. Yeah, we'll see you all soon. <laughs>